Welcome back to Lost Legacies. I'm Matt. And I'm Sam. Well, guys, if you read the title of this episode, you probably have an idea what this episode is about. Better idea than I do, because I don't know what the title is yet. But yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the title's going to be. It's probably going to be something like, Are We on Strike? <laughs> oh, um, great. Yeah, okay, so... A little inside joke to our other podcast, our D and D podcast. Uh, this is this is the episode we didn't want to have to make. Oh God! <laughs> no, I just like saying that because like all the streamers and everyone on YouTube when they, they have to talk about some, something serious, that's like a, a what is it called? Clickbait. It's clickbait. Yeah. The episode oh, yeah. we didn't want to have to record. Well, this is it, guys. And they all start the same too. It's always like somebody just looking off at the camera, and it's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's we should start. We should start that with this. <sighs> well, um, guys, this is uh about the, the SAG after and uh WGA strike. Um if you don't know, Hollywood is on strike. Mm-hmm. The writers, man, they've been on strike for what, a few months at this point? Uh yeah, maybe yeah. I think we're coming up on three. Yeah, and now the actors have joined and 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 now things are things are moving and things are cooking hopefully. Um that's what everyone's saying now that the SAG has joined. Um but so essentially everyone's striking for a multitude of reasons. One is better pay, uh two is they don't want to sell their likeness and become AI. Like it's just it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um how this pertains to us, Sam and I, we're not really sure. Don't really know. Um, neither of us are SAG or SAG eligible. So I think we're in the clear. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I do have some experience as a professional actor. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that I may have more opportunities at some point, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially opportunities with the guild, which would be nice. You know, that's mm-hmm. the goal. Uh, so it's kind of um, to say that we're going to stop content or strike or anything. like it, it feels to me for our show, it feels kind of silly because I feel like so far away from that world right now. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's in solidarity with all the artists who are doing it. Uh, but also just to be safe, because like I said, there is a possibility, there is a chance, as Dumb and Dumber would say, you tell me <laughs> there's a chance, there's a chance that I might get professional work again in the future, you know? And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just being safe. Also, Sam and I have plans, you know, for this show, but also for our other show and cinnamon and oatmeal, and mm-hmm. those would definitely involve guilds because we are also writers as well. Yes. Um. So yeah. On top of that, I know there's a lot of content creators online who are stopping or or they're changing their content because they're either reaction videos or news videos or whatever. Uh, because a lot of them are SAG. Most people in LA are actors who can't mm-hmm. get acting work. So they become streamers. Uh, 
but they are SAG or SAG eligible. So they're stopping, they're shutting down, or they're changing their content uh, for the time being. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And on top of that, this one's just a little more personal. Um, it is a show mostly about Lost. And ever since that Vanity Fair article came out, it's just, I don't know, that and then the strike all at once. It just feels kind of icky right now. You know, like, we don't really want to. Yeah, we really don't want to to mess with that. And I think, um, you know, I mean, this is small potatoes, but it... Not that it's killed the vibe of the podcast, because I think whatever we talk about, Sam, it's going to be good. We're going because we're that good. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, so I don't think it's like I don't want to say like, oh, those the trauma those people went through is ruining my podcast. It's not like that at all. <laughs> uh, it's just that it does feel a little icky because you know we really love this show and we're praising it so much. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it just feels like a natural time to just kind of pause the lost content for now. We'll see what happens with, uh, the strike. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. So we just hope everything gets resolved and man, it's, there's some murky waters because we got some big ticket movies are coming out like today Mm -hmm. and it's like, boy, we're like, there's a strike. Like you're not really supposed to go support these films or promote these films. You know what I mean? So, so from my understanding is that it's not, there, 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 there has been no call to like strike, uh, going, not going to the movies, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, because that kind of defeats, that kind of defeats the, the point and the purpose, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, like this is, you know, everybody worked hard on these projects. The thing that everybody is asking for is an equal share in the profit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so, so as far as I can, uh, as, as far as I know, like, like that's fine. Nobody's been calling saying like, Hey, stop watching the show or don't go watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is, is when uh, like promotional is involved so I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily even like reviews either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think it. I think it is mostly just like you're at these events and you know for the specific purpose of promoting these movies. Yeah. You know. So it's like, but but it is like you said, it is kind of murky waters, and mm-hmm. you know that's why there have been there have been a lot of people you know on on every social media that there is out there right now who have been posting their responses from the WGA and from SAG after it to be like, hey, this is what I do. Is it crossing the picket line if I do X and Y and Z? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll they they'll post up their response, you know, to share with others. So like I I, I know SAG after was asking cosplayers because San Diego Comic Con is is this week too, mm-hmm. uh, and they were asking cosplayers like, hey, like tr- like do not uh, cosplay from properties that would that that would participate or would be caught up in the strike. And that mm-hmm. includes even like past productions, mm-hmm. you know, which and, is, and which is kind of what we're caught up in too, because like lost is done. It's been done for over two yeah. decades. Yeah. But this, so. this is where it gets tricky because like, I need a list. Tell me <laughs> what productions, you know, yeah. um, are, are being, are striked, being struck. 
yeah. strucken, have been striked. Uh, you know, like like I need a list. Uh, you know, it's easy to say the big streamers, but like what actual companies and all that stuff. Like it's so mm-hmm. uh, it's very confusing. Yeah, it's very yeah. confusing, and it leads confusion. That's the simplest thing that that they could fix right now, especially because that does lead to um, um, dissent, maybe even inadvertent dissent, you know, within the the union itself, mm-hmm. uh, and also just butting heads with each other because there's a lot of that going on right now. Also, there's a lot of people um, sharing their opinions online and all this stuff who who don't really. They don't have any kind of authority within either of the guilds, but but you know there 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 are people out there who are saying no, we're, a strike means we're we're giving up everything. We're not watching the streamers. We're not going to the movies. And you're like, listen to the guilds, listen to the unions, because this is literally why they were created. Yeah, you know, let them do their thing. There are stages to this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not we're not jumping into, you know, pushing the the nuclear codes yet. Uh, uh, There's definitely steps because also like the big studios, they already have solutions for that. You know, the only way we're really going to hurt them is if we all cancel our streaming subscriptions. All of us, Mm -hmm. not some, not most, all of us. Yeah, but even then, like they already have solutions, they already have plans in place that'll help them recoup from that, and that is canceling stuff, you know. And unfortunately, as we've seen, the first things to get canceled are the shows for marginalized voices. Yep. So don't do that because <laughs> right now you have a lot of actors and writers not getting paid, striking, but they still have work. At the end of this, whenever that may be, mm-hmm. by by hurting them that much, the studios that much, then we're going to have a bunch of writers and actors who are striking who have no work after this, whenever that may be. Yeah. So, and that might happen either way, you know, but don't help the studios out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, just, just listen to the actual uh, guilds themselves. So... Um, guild union. I just like saying guild more. It sounds more very <laughs> war, World of Warcraft, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, so what does that mean for us? We have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think of like, okay, well, what could we do? Could we watch something else? I'm like, well, everything's on a streamer. Um, mm-hmm. Everything, most everything, was a SAG production at some point, you know. So I'm like, oh crap. I was, I was even. Gonna, oh, go ahead. Oh well, well I was going to say because I know, like we've talked about, we've talked a lot about the shows that we're going to, you know, end up talking about. You know, season five thousand. You know, at yeah, this point. Yeah. Um, but just a little while ago, uh, off, off, off pod, off pod, sure, off okay. pod. Uh, uh, Matt and I were talking about like, yeah, like what if what if we get into like Doctor Who? Maybe we should like start doing Doctor Who right now. Um, yeah, which like that's technically BBC, even though it is streaming on Disney right now. So is it already on Disney? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's been on Disney what? since Jodie Whittaker. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Um, I want to say after like Flux, I think it 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 got put onto Disney. Flux that. <laughs> I was not a fan of Flux at all. Um Yeah, well, we're you not know, here to talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we do it if it's not a promotion? <laughs> oh, that's we're just so that's gonna we're gonna bash Doctor Who Flux. So 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 the so the through line here now is that uh Matt uh this Lost Legacies is now uh a, a hate podcast we're going to yeah. talk about the things that we hate yep uh unabashedly and without restraint uh, oh man i love jody whitaker as the doctor she just got a, a bad rap man like yeah wasn't a fan of that era mostly because of the the writing mm. um but yeah so anyway yeah so like that's bbc america which i think is partnered with amc and it's streaming on disney plus so it's like uh, I don't know, because I was going to use this opportunity selfishly and say, hey, maybe this is a good time to watch Dark, because it's all German production. <laughs> I don't think they're SAG because it's in Germany. And I yeah. was like, oh, well, it was a Netflix original. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. What if we bootleg a Netflix original? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. uh no, we're 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 gonna we're gonna start doing like uh uh we're gonna review uh web shows that are on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're just gonna watch uh people game. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. No, I was no, I was talking about like internet shows like like uh, uh VGHS mm. and uh, oh, uh wow. and Chad Vader. That's a throw. The both of those are throwbacks, man. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But see, if we had a react show like on youtube mm-hmm. that'd be so easy we would just react to other stuff you know mm-hmm. but how well it's the same thing you do anything you know <clears throat> oh i'm gonna react to this episode of star trek and just find other stuff we could react to chad vader oh uh, yeah 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 but i think it's kind of weird on a podcast like okay we're gonna talk about this obscure web series for whatever i was actually thinking <laughs> maybe this would be a good time to uh, uh watch final space because it's Ooh. not streaming anywhere. And oh. one animation already has different rules. So I don't know exactly know what the what that is in yes. regards to the strike. But also HBO purged it. It's not streaming or for sale anywhere online. You might be mm-hmm. able to find DVD copies somewhere. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I thought that would be interesting. Um you know, I I, I don't know. That's 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 a thought. And there are three seasons worth, so, you know. Yeah. And they're, what, like 10 episode seasons? I don't know. I think so, yeah. But, of course, nobody wants the strike to go on that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, and it sucks, too, because uh, our buddy Dan on Twitter was sending us lost questions that I really wanted to get into. I know. Dan, Dan, we'll get back to you after the strike. (laughs) Because they're good questions, too. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm really going to have to think about that. Because I hadn't thought of that at all he really threw me for a loop there um dan i'm gonna have to write those questions down just in case twitter implodes by the time we get back to talking about lost <sighs> yeah who knows you know um yeah uh oh shoot i forgot what i was gonna say i don't know well you know like like this could uh this this you know this could open up uh, new possibilities for us if we if we decide to go a final space because one I know 
the fandom has been clamoring for like more stuff, final space, any news, any tidbit, anything mm. like that. So, you know, like that might actually be, you know, uh, that might hmm. actually be something, you know, worthwhile to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it does kind of feel like giving the finger to HBO. Oh, for sure. You know because, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, just look at, look at, you know, the stuff that Olin Rogers has done, you know, since like the Godspeed Kickstarter, you know, just mm-hmm. was, like fully funded day one. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah. And now the, uh, the, the final space graphic novel, mm-hmm. like, yeah, again, like fully funded and, you know, like there, there was a fan base and yeah, Zasloff and Warner brothers just, you know, nixed it for a tax write off. And I think that'd be a, I think that'd be a cool, uh, F you to, uh, to that decision. Oh, and especially because now, uh, uh, the Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network uh, uh, are unionizing. They're voting for oh, unionization. Nice. Yeah. Look, I have yeah. Blu-ray right here. It was under a bunch of D&D books and the Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Okay, mate, let's think about this. Maybe it's uh maybe this is an option. Yeah. yeah it looks it looks like each episode or each season's 10 episodes. Mhm. Oh, maybe more. Interesting. I yeah, I remember season one. I think was ten episodes. But yeah. I think I think two and three were longer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I'm kind of curious what the what the rules are in animation because, like, uh, Legends of Vox Machina isn't included in the strike. Mm. Wait, no. May I? Maybe I got that wrong. Well, I don't know. Because when I first heard it, they said it wasn't. For whatever reasons, but then okay. later, someone said Critical Role definitely isn't, uh, but they weren't sure how that was going to affect Vox Machina or not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I wonder if I wonder if because Critical Role essentially made it themselves. Uh, of course, they had a lot of help of Amazon money wise. But like I think rights and whatever contracts they made, like it's still considered an independent thing. It's you know, mm-hmm. which, which is, is all, all this is, is showing us is how little we need the big studios. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like we need to figure out how to stream our own stuff, but because if the whole world's gonna be watching your show, your internet's gonna blow up. Yeah, but yeah, like like, man, I don't know. Well, to that, you know, to that point, you know, talking about like, because Critical Role, it, it could be, it could potentially count as like an indie uh, production. That's, that was kind of the big thing too. Uh, SAG-AFTRA is allowing uh, uh, waivers, mm-hmm. you know, for truly independent studios and mm-hmm. projects. Uh, and I think the biggest thing to come out of this is A24. Mm-hmm. A24 has now has permission to still you know have their actors you know everybody involved in their projects to still come and work and talk about their projects and promote their stuff yeah because a24 as a company agreed to everything that sag after was demanding yeah yeah like exactly and it's like that's incredible that's how you do and it, it shows you how easy it is so yeah exactly so i think so that's probably different because they agreed to it their waivers are probably different 
but mm-hmm. generally speaking, if it's under 28k for your feature, you can still continue going doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think Mark Ruffalo was talking about it. Like he's really trying to uh, talk a lot of actors into go go indie. Just because we're striking doesn't mean we can't work. Go work mm-hmm. on indie films because mm-hmm. that'll help them give them cred. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like you take the pay cut, you know, and it's like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. it's a strike. I'll work for a dollar. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So oh, that's something else I want to talk about, guys. Um, there's a lot of confusion, discourse. I think it's mostly just keyboard warriors, though. So I don't really care what they think. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people keep saying, like, why do these actors just want more money and blah, blah, oh, blah. It's yeah. just millionaires comp- complaining. That's not what this is. Um, this is probably not going to affect Tom Hanks, you know, or Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's just not, um, this is going to really affect everyone else. People don't really think of it that way, but like the blue collar workers, you know, the other actors. And it's very telling now because we're seeing all these people come out and talk from TV and stuff. So you watch your show and you have your lead this might affect them, you know, mm. and then you have like your co-lead. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk like, a, um, uh, the Sabrina show. I don't know why, uh, Kiernan Shipka. Of course I picked the show with the girl's name. I can't pronounce mm-hmm. Sabrina. I'm pretty sure she's fine financially. I don't really know how much this strike is going to affect her, especially because she got a lot of roles during and after that series. Mm-hmm. Um, the ants, the friends. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's. I guarantee you, there's a big gap of wages. I don't know how big that gap is. You know, mm-hmm. maybe for the ants because they're older and they have more experience, they get a bigger bump mm-hmm. because that is a thing. Even if it's less screen time, they'll still give a bump because of you know your name or experience. Um, but. Yeah, there's some shows out there where there are people who show up in every episode, have a couple lines, people remember the character names, and like they're still not even making enough money for rent. Like mm-hmm. there's there's such a big pay disparity, you know. Um, and and here here's something, another thing that's kind of like people can't really gra- get their head their, uh, their head around when you go work a job, typically. You get paid X amount of money to do one job and then you're done. You move mm-hmm. on. That's typically freelance. For the longest time, that was acting. And then if you're lucky, if you're popular or successful in your business negotiations, you'll get some kind of residuals. So like, okay, you get paid one time, but if the movies makes over X amount of money, they're going to give you a certain percent. That's brilliant, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, – and that includes like toys, action figures, you know. But now with streaming, all of that is really changing because the residuals aren't really um, like connected the way they used to be mm-hmm. and or it just doesn't count at all because there's so many people out there who you get an action figure of yourself. You're not getting any – you're not getting paid for that. You know? Yeah. So you have to think about it like that. Like, well, wait a second. You get paid for one job, but then they, they, whoever you're working for, the studios in this case, continue to make money 
off of your work mm-hmm. constantly. They're getting paid. You're getting nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like, it's like sense, you know, there are mm-hmm. people who are on huge successful shows and they're making like a quarter a year, mm-hmm. 25 cents a year off a show they did. This mm-hmm. was a huge Emmy winning show, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the the lady from uh, um, Orange is the New Black. Black. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's it's wild. Mm-hmm. And another reason why um striking is because they're trying to replace them. You know, now they're talking about AI. We don't want to pay them 25 cents in residuals a year. So we're just going to have the AI do it. So mm-hmm. it's just crazy. So, so if you support, support blue collar workers, this should matter to you. Mm-hmm. Because this is affecting everyone, not just Hollywood, but the way businesses are going to run, the way businesses are going to treat their employees. Hollywood, it's both a good and bad thing. Hollywood is like um, the standard maybe for a way a lot of the world runs, you know, so yeah. if they continue the shaft the little guy, the rest of the world's going to do it. And we're seeing it right now, man, like UPS is about to go on strike. Uh, mm-hmm. who else? I think the hotel industry is about to go on strike if, or they already are not, not mm-hmm. the hotel industry, the, uh, what's it called? Um, Oh, uh, uh, airline. Ho- oh, airline. I think hospitality. Yeah. Hospitality. Services, the hospitality yeah. industry is about to go on strike mm-hmm. and it's like, it's all connected, man. It's one economy. It's all connected. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. this does matter to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, it's like, there's like, there's a reason, there's a reason why, uh, people like Ron Perlman or Snoop Dogg are coming out and giving these talks and these speeches, you know, in support of, you know, strikes, you know, we're talking about these things. It's because they're using their fame and they're using their popularity to get the message across to say, Hey, like this effect, like this is going to affect me. But if somebody like, if this affects somebody like me and I have, you know, the clout, if I have the money, mm-hmm. think about the people who don't, yeah. you know, that was, that was, uh, I saw, I saw a video yesterday that was, uh, uh, that was Snoop Dogg. He was giving, he was giving a talk. It was, it was in front of a bunch of like, I think like, uh, like business professionals or something like that. But essentially he was coming after Netflix and he was saying like, when I was making music in the nineties, my, all my sales were based on how many physical copies of CDs I sold. So Mm -hmm. if I sold X amount, that meant that this much money was made. That means that these guys got a percentage. I got a percentage, all that stuff. We could track it so easily. And that's how we made money. Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist with the Netflix platform because you can have 150,000 streams. Where's the money? They're telling me that, you know, there's like, like there's no way to track it or that it's a, it's a failure or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But you have these shows that are, you know, the top most, the top 10 most watched Mm -hmm. and there's like, there's no money being made. That's what he's using. Yeah. that's, That's the crazy thing too. Like, Streaming has been taking over like the last 10, 15 years. Streaming, streamers can do it. Yeah. You can see exactly how many hundreds of thousands of people are watching Critical Role at once. Mm-hmm. You mean Netflix can't tell me how many views they get mm-hmm. consecutively? Like mm-hmm. it's just 
They just don't want to. That's the thing. Yeah. They don't want to reveal that info. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't want they don't want to reveal that info one because of greed. Yeah. You know, they want to keep all the profits for themselves and two bet you. I, I bet you dollars to donuts uh if they revealed their like viewing habits or or however that works there are going to be shows that are like their their views for certain shows are going to be marginally disproportionate to others you know the shows that like i like i would i would venture like you know like the shows that were you know canceled after like two seasons or something like that Mm -hmm. bet you they have more streams more viewing than you know movies that yeah you know movies that were like that just didn't do well yeah know? exactly um yeah it's, yeah. yeah they're hiding their numbers for sure and they even they even said like the top 10 most the highest paid top 10 highest paid executives in hollywood from the streamers the studios if they each gave up two percent of their salaries, they would have more than enough to pay everyone they're asking for. Mm-hmm. 2% of like what Iger's making like 28 million or whatever yeah. a year. Yeah. I don't even know about Zasloff. He's like 40s or 50s, something huge. Yeah. I'm something like, ridiculous. Dude, like 2%. Like, come on, man. That's not gonna. You're not even going to notice that, you know, your accountant is probably stealing that much and you don't even notice it. Like, right. Hey man, that's very easy for a six to become an eight on your taxes. That's why Mm -hmm. you always use pencil. Exactly. (laughs) And, and that's the, and that's, that's the, that's the thing that gets me too. It's like WGA, what kickstarted this whole thing. They weren't even asking for a lot. They were yeah. asking for like that two or two or five percent, you know, or something like that. It was small. It yeah. was such a small amount that they were asking for, and they were told no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? I like, I I know I know we're all you know like, I know WGA has been at this you know for a while, but still like early days for a lot of these strikes. More industries, more services are going to potentially go on strike. It's like you're lucky studios and executives that they're only asking for less than the bare minimum yeah. you know writers were asking for you know livable wages yeah you know so that you know they they could afford healthcare there there are famous writers and there are famous actors out there you know and you can find them easily i'm not you know i'm not google but you can use google you can use twitter whatever you're using they're out there and they're talking about it because everybody's talking about it right now yeah uh you can find them there are famous actors and writers who are who don't have health insurance because mm-hmm. they can't afford it because they're not being paid what they're owed mm-hmm. so these studios are very lucky that they're asking for such a minimum a minuscule amount when they really should be asking for more. Yeah. And now that SAG's jumped in, in the words of Andrew Garfield, I'm coming for everything. <laughs> what was that movie? Yeah. Social network. There you go. That's what it yeah. was. So yeah, man, it's crazy. It's just, it's just it's greed. That's all it is. And like and it's not even the old school thinking of like, well, I earned this. This is my – no, you didn't. Yeah. Like you're getting paid X amount of money to 
kind of oversee things. But like, again, nobody really knows, like nobody really knows what your job is. Of course, there's some big decisions and like people like Iger, we see his day-to-day impact on the company, on Disney. So it's like, so Iger, you can't really make that argument with. It's like, okay, cool. But at the same time, man, there's, there's just, just the pay disparity in Disney period not even just the actors or writers but in the parks like it's crazy man like Mm -hmm. how how is this acceptable like morally speaking morally speaking how is this acceptable to you Mm -hmm. you know now there is uh 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 there is the 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 whole concept of um I'm not playing devil's advocate, but you do need to understand that the less the executives make, it's so dumb. It's like the less clout the company has. And it's this whole hiring process thing, you know, in order to, to keep your status and keep your power amongst everyone. I don't know. You got to keep meeting these marks. Something I'm slowly starting to learn the more I'm getting into like stock buying, shareholding, things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Basically, that's that's not just how much the CEO is making. That that also holds a part of like the value of the company. So that I can understand. But it's like you do understand everyone going on strike is going to take down the value of your company regardless. You know. Yeah. yeah you you need people to 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 want to work with you, not people who have to work with you. But it mm-hmm. seems like they don't care. Like I just I. How did we come to this? <laughs> what's that movie from? Or what's that line from? Is that Lord of the Rings? I feel like it is, right? Yeah, it's one. Oh, is it Theoden? Yeah, it's Theoden. Bernard Hill in Two Towers. Mm-hmm. After his speech, he's like, how did it come to this? No, no, Which I was just reading an article on, on uh, Tor.com that said uh, Theoden has the best lines in... Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, hell yeah. The movies. Um, and something else that pisses me off that I just saw. Stop making vertical videos with AI. Nobody cares. I keep seeing them <laughs> on the social medias because I just saw the right of the Rahiram in vertical. I'm like, <sighs> yeah. Now, that is something I want to see, but I want it done for real. You know, mm-hmm. I I saw guys. If you've been with us for a while, you you might know a little of my backstory. Uh, ooh, Matt lore is about to drop. Ooh, I did do, I did used to do, go rock climbing, you know, a bit through college, here and there, never too much, you know. I wouldn't say I was any good at it. I'm still feeling some of my injuries, uh, <laughs> like ten plus years later. But uh, I was man, I was I just I love bouldering so much and. I would always uh, – uh, it was like that time period where like DVDs were dying out. So like I would buy some DVDs or I would buy like the online. So like, oh, we're going to be streaming this new rock climbing video and all this stuff. Well, mm-hmm. there was one that filmed beautiful camera, you know, widescreen. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, you know, they're doing their, their cool hip music the camera just slowly adjusts and it's vertical. Mm. And well, like, not like, so you're watching it 
and it's still widescreen, but everything turns on the side. So I was like, oh, that's weird. So I just grabbed my laptop and put it on the side. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And it worked so well because <laughs> they were climbing. Yeah. It's a vertical sport. So it made sense. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. This is what I want. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, this mm-hmm. is so cool. Ever since then, I'm like, how can I incorporate this into filmmaking? It only works if you have vertical screens because yeah. otherwise you have a big blank screen and you're just watching a little sliver in the middle. No. Yeah. I want an IMAX size screen that's a vertical. Give me that. Wow. But it's got to be that. the right movie. Think of like oh, – I, Like, you, you, know, you know what I'm thinking? It's got to it's gotta be a movie – where like you you're either climbing up or you're going down. So I'm thinking like oh. something like mm. the descent, something like the mm. raid. You know, oh, the raid would have been rad. Dread. Okay, so I don't want to give any spoilers, Sam, but there Uh-oh. is a fight scene in John Wick Four where they Ooh. use the bird's eye view, and it's this entire sequence. Uh-huh. Think of that. But home- vertical. So the camera oh. won't even be moving. Oh, you just weird. see little Keanu moving up your screen, fighting like an ant. That would be so sick. Not going to lie. I I kind of love that, actually. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So the Rite of the Rohirrim, it's supposed to be about this grand army <clears throat> coming to save the day. I want to see them. You need the widescreen. I don't oh, care yeah. about the hill beneath or the beautiful sunset above. Like I need to see the sunrise. army. Oh, sunrise. I need to see the army. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that makes no sense. Like plus it was AI, so it's not real. You yeah. know? Yeah. Give a give someone a damn camera and go film it. Do it yourself. Yeah. So I'm definitely not opposed to vertical filming. <laughs> But it's 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 got to be thematically right, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Oh man, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe we're just gonna call this the bitching episode <laughs> with purpose. Yeah, bitches with a purpose. I've been called worse. <laughs> As of why? <laughs> well, guys. We're not going to stop losting or legacy in. Um, we just don't know, you know, what exactly we're going to do. Uh, I think we're definitely going to consider Final Space. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, uh, conversely, uh, my wife, friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, uh, also uh, suggested that uh, we turn this into like a nature podcast. Where you and I actually go hiking and get lost. Oh my, oh god, this was their legacy. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be the subject of you know like a, a weird like documentary at some point, you know. Yeah. If we go do that. Wow. Hey man, all I'm saying is that if you take the map of all the missing cases, pe- missing people's cases in America. Mm-hmm. And you superimpose it over a map of the largest cave systems in America. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is like they're they're pretty identical. Yeah. 
Now, that's kind of the conspiracy theorist, Matt. In reality, I think like, yeah, of course, because those are like the higher populated areas around the cities and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or did just you, actual cave people. Did you know the Appalachian Mountains have have been here since like the beginning? Have yeah. been here since like the formation of the continents? It's crazy, man. Yeah. I didn't I I didn't know that until like a, a little while ago. I it's it's baffling to me. Yeah. It's like it's an amazing fact, but it's also something that like low-key terrifies me. Like that's that's eldritch horror to me, is you know, the fact that like there's this physical space that has been here since before anything has been here. Right. Like it's kind of crazy because like you know, I don't wanna base an entire people off of the media or the news. But when you hear mm-hmm. the scary stories from the Appalachians, they're scary, man. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to do the Appalachian trail though. I would definitely go in a group. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Yeah. But a, a group, group I trust. Yeah. I'd go in a big group for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just so fascinated by that, that, that land, you know, um, and it's so beautiful. In a Eldridge kind of way. <clears throat> so, um, in the meantime, I don't know. I've been reading comic books. Ooh. So, I'm going to make some comic book recommendations before we sign off. I just finished Batman The Adventures Continue, seasons one and two. This is canon in continuity continuation of the 1990s cartoon that we all grew up on. It's awesome. They're taking actual like story arcs from the comics, um, kind of like Jason Todd, and putting it in the continuity. So mm-hmm. cool. So I finished the first two, and the third and last one is supposed to come out in a few months. Oh, uh, nice. Trade. And then I yesterday I read it in one sitting, Sam, and you know, like I can't sit still. So that was something. I read volume one of Dark Knights of Steel. It's the DC universe imagined in a fantasy setting. Mm -hmm. It's so, so cool. They even have character sheets in the back for like you D&D nerds like we are. Um, I can't wait. It's so awesome. And it's one of those things too where like it's not – I have a, a lot of issue with DC right now. Sure. I feel a lot of it is just gratuitous for shock value. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. What's cool about this is it does a really good job world building and setting up all the characters. And then all of a sudden it takes a hard left turn and you're like, oh man. Okay. And then you get to the next issue and you're like, oh, I see why they did that. Mm. And then again, end of the issue, big twist. You're like, damn it. Next issue. Oh, I see why they did that. So, so, it's very shocking, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is in service of the world building. It's like, oh, this is okay, okay, like this makes sense. Mm. This is how this character would be in this setting, you know? Like, okay. yeah, so it's really cool. It's written by Tom Taylor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's done, done a, a he's lot. He's done a lot. He's done uh, all the Injustice comics. Uh, uh, a lot of like Superman. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, what was it? Deceased. The, yeah, yeah, he did yeah, Deceased, the zombie DC universe. Yeah, which was 
I think a lot cooler than the Marvel one. That's for sure. <laughs> and it's in like canon, right? It's continuity. Uh, kind of. Kind of, right? It, it's weird. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it, that's a that's a weird one. Yeah, I love it. So so go check it out. Dark Knights of Steel Volume One. Um, it's already like out, but like part two isn't released in hardcover till December. So. Mm. I gotta wait, but now mm. I'm thinking like, man, I gotta make these characters in D and D, or in Baldur's Gate three, which comes out in like a month or two. So <laughs> that's cool. Matt's recommends. Cool. What about you, Sam? What are, What are you up to? Well, uh, uh, reading not comic books, but actual books. Well, okay, that's rude. That that's really rude. Let me let me do that. <laughs> How take dare again. you, you <laughs> son of a. <laughs> Let me do that take again. Uh, doing a lot of reading uh, uh, book-wise. Uh, also doing uh, – but but doing it audio because, you know, nature of my job is I can't just, like, sit and read something for a long time. Um, but, yeah, doing a lot of audiobooks. Uh, took a trip where I got to listen to all of Travis Baldry's uh, Legends and Lattes. So good. So phenomenal. Um, if you like studio Ghibli movies, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna like this. It's like a studio Ghibli movie in a book form. Uh, and I say that, I say that not to like bemean or discredit, uh, uh, or sorry, like belittle or discredit what studio Ghibli does, what like Hayao Miyazaki does, because I think a lot of people think Hayao Miyazaki, they're like, Oh yeah, it's so it's so cozy and there's no drama like Totoro. It, it doesn't have a plot or whatever. I'm like, no, it does, and it's not always cozy all the time. There is a plot, and a lot of it is about growing up and the pain of growing up and the pain of never being able to get back to the place where you were before and how that changes you for the better. Sometimes that's not cozy. Mm-hmm. And especially in Hayao Miyazaki's case, he does things like, you know, Princess Mononoke, which is not a cozy fantasy at all. It's it's war. It's it's you know, it does have this fantasy thing, but it is war and it's terrifying. So now that that mini rant is over, there is still <laughs> a lot of, like like, yeah, like like Legends and Lattes has the, that exact same vibe. It is about somebody who has been an adventurer, who has bloodied their sword their whole life, taking a hard left in the other direction, no longer wanting to do that, no longer wanting to be defined by how they look. We're following an orc who has a giant black bloody sword, who doesn't want to do that anymore, and who opens a coffee shop in a small town. Nobody knows what coffee is. But she does, and she's bringing this coffee to these people. That's and so cool. It's it's great, man. It's so great because it's also like it's exactly that when you've been one way your entire life, when you've solved all of your problems with the sword, with violence, and then you try and do something else. How do you do that? Yeah, and it's great, and it's like it's 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 so great. It's it's sapphic and it's fun. It feels. It feels a little bit like uh, like Labyrinth too. One character mm. in particular, like just feels like Hoggle, uh, the goblin from from Labyrinth, uh, and yeah, it's great. So definitely recommend it. Also, the nice. sequel is coming out soon, or not the sequel. I'm sorry, the prequel 
uh, Bookshops and Bone Dust. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, uh, another book. Started reading. Haven't finished it, but I'm going to give it a recommendation anyway. The Starless Sea mm. by Aaron Morgenstern. Mm. Yes. I don't even know how to begin to describe this book. It's a it's stories within stories. It's fantasy. Like not not even not even like urban fantasy. It's just fantasy. It is fantasy set in our world. Yeah, like it kind of has like it fools you with this kind of like magical realism, and then you're like, oh no, no, this is really magic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and it's yeah, it's such a and it's it's beautifully written. If you listen to the audiobook, the stories are told beautifully. There are a bunch of different uh, narrators in it. Yeah. Uh yeah, and it's uh it yeah, it's great. I kind of don't know how else to describe it. So just I uh, go off of that. Easily one of my favorite books, if not the favorite. Like it's up there with House of Leaves. I was looking mm-hmm. for it. I was like, where's my copy? I'm like, oh, it's right here under my laptop. <laughs> wow. Damn. Oh, the hardcover. Oh, look at that. Try and find look the hard guys. If you find this book, try to find the hardcover. Um, get it on eBay or something because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. Not even um, for the dust jacket, like it's what's underneath. The yeah, it's what's jacket. underneath. Yeah. Um, I want that tattoo of the bee, the key, and the sword. Yeah. Um, I've listened to it on audio and I'm like started reading it again just to Ooh. hold it. Um, the best way to describe it is a line at the very beginning that says, to paraphrase, this is a metaphor. But it's also real. I love it. I love this book. I've mm. always thought about that. Like, I I love the idea of doing like because I've never really been a fan of short stories or like a book mm. of short stories. Oh, interesting. Um, the closest, the only ones I really enjoyed was Kelly Link, but we've discussed about this off pod. Yeah, her stories just end like right before, like it's really getting good. I'm like, damn it. Kelly, at least a lot of the early ones. Yeah, in our our opinion. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Yeah. but uh, uh, still love you, Kelly Link. Um, I I kind of had the idea of what if you do a book of short stories, but the deeper in you get, you realize oh, they're all connected. It's actually one big story. Mm. Kind of is what this feels like Mm -hmm. because it is a bunch of short stories that are kind of weaving in and out of each other. Like it's really mm. this weird, surreal, magical ride. Um, have you got to the part about the innkeeper yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where, where like there's, there, it's like the storm. It's like I, snowing. And that and, might be yeah. like my favorite chapter of any book I've ever read. Yeah. I was like at work listening to it. And I'm just like, I'm crying at work. I'm like, Oh my god! I was driving, listening to it, and like zoning out because it was such a beautiful chapter. Like, yeah, fortunes and fables, the in at the edge of the world. That's the one I have bookmarked. Uh-huh. I was like, oh uh-huh. my god! I would love to like just read that out loud or like perform that or something. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. I just love that chapter so much. So that's uh, actually a lot of inspiration for a D and D character I had. Uh, <gasps> So yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, 
Doniger, my my <gasps> giant turtle guy. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of D and D, you mentioned coffee. Uh, one of oh, the yeah. very first D and D characters I came up with in my head, I didn't roll them, I didn't write it down, was a goblin who wants to build the world's greatest coffee shop. So he's <laughs> traveling the world looking for like these super rare coffee beans. Mm-hmm. But he's a barbarian because he gets really, really angry if he doesn't have his coffee. <laughs> That was like the first – that was like – I think after like Vincent Van Rollen, my gunslinger, I think that was like mm-hmm. my first um, like D&D character I, wow. I made. I was like, wow. I like this guy. <laughs> oh, his name is Ross. I just Ross the Goblin? Coffee shop, friends, Ross. You know, I'm just like, yeah. Of all of them, you chose Ross? Oh, because he's a total Ross, but then, like, he turns into a barbarian. You oh, know, like, no. I don't that's know why. I'm not even a fan of Friends, but I'm like, that's totally, that's that's Ross. Oh, man. Oh. Goblin <laughs> barbarian. Uh, that yeah. might be my main character in Baldur's Gate 3. Ross you see, guys, Goblin. this is why you should be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Because you can do anything and be You can anything. do anything. Your only limit is your imagination. <laughs> and with that, we're going to let you go, guys. On a high note. Oh, wow. Much more positive. Um, <laughs> as always, hit us up on the socials. Hashtag Lost Legacies. I'm on Twitter at underscore Matt Jimenez. And on Instagram at Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Is Thread still going strong? Oh, yeah. Okay, I might make you, it threads. You're, so. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at real, that's R-E-E-L, Texas Weirdo. Until next time, get lost. Get lost. <laughs>